Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Well, now we're here at part two of the uh, Christian O'Connell uh, podcast. Uh, well, he's the guest. I, I think I'm having a stroke. I'm Sean Hughes, on the radar. Christian, you've got a tattoo. What, what age you first? 41. It's part two, very similar to the first part, I get the feeling, you have an issue with age. No. I well, just... earlier on you said you can't be on XFM if you're over 30. Now the fact that I'm 41 with a tattoo, where does that fit into your age fascism? Tattoo. Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say it, right? Can... It's not amazing. If you can't pronounce it, you're Don't not get allowed one. to have one. <laughs> Did you go into a tattoo? I want a tattoo. So, no, it's nice, but it's just, it's odd because it's something that people do in the youthful folly. Well, and I can't have youthful folly. I'm just asking. No, you're I, confronting. I have one tattoo. Do you? Which is very similar to that one, actually. No, it's not. I swear it is. What? It's a word that's been translated into Sanskrit, and then it's in a circle. It's Chinese. Well, this is Sanskrit. Yeah, I'm just saying it's very similar. Right. But in my ignorance. And uh, I got mine done when I was drunk in Barcelona by a Canadian guy. And I'm, I'm going through the book of... Uh, I thought they weren't meant to do them if you're drunk. Um, well, in Barcelona, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were drunk, a couple of glasses of wine. But I didn't go, hey, he was in time, so. <laughs> it wasn't like that. But I, so what, you were alone with somebody? I was I was there with my brother, and I was going through the book, you know, of, like, the various... Oh, so it's designs. a deeply personal one, yeah. Yeah. Great. And I, and, and I looked Out at, of a catalogue. I looked at the one, and I just went, that feels like, yeah. Like, it was something like kindredship or something. I went, I want that. And the guy, the tattooist goes, uh, that's a shit design. He says, they're all kind of, no one's going to know what they mean. Just pick a, a pretty one. And just, uh, when people ask... Tell them that's what it means. So I've got one that actually says tigers. Why <laughs> <It> does not? <laughs> it doesn't, like, it's in Chinese. So, so did your brother get one done as well? He had one before. Right, okay. But I was I was kind of in my 30s, so it wasn't... Oh, it's fine then. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't like 41. No, I still felt I was a bit right. old to be getting it done. Yeah. And the fact that I've never been in the Navy. No, I did. I'd wanted one, I wanted one for years and then felt quite embarrassed about going to get one. And even when I was in the tattoo pile, I was actually in Edinburgh during the festival. I was about to walk out because so I thought, what am I doing? This is just, I'm having a midlife crisis. What am I doing? But I've always wanted to do it, and so it does have a bit of a kind of meaning to me. But well, tell us what the meaning is. Well, no, it's personal. Well, it's not, because everyone a, can see it. No, it's like, it's like I've got a note to myself uh, 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 that's permanent on me. That's what it's for. And you won't tell people what it is? Yes, yeah, under the radar, 2014. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's you. get another one done after the show. <laughs> And so, but were you not worried that, um, like, because you were doing a show at the same time, that you'd be in too much pain to do the show after the tattoo? Well, it's only like a, uh, two inches. Yeah, but it hurts. Yeah, no, I did have to go and do that night's Edinburgh show with, the, well, my whole lower arm wrapped in cling film. Yeah. And I could see people going, hey, what's that? 
I went, oh, I had a tattoo earlier. And then they were thinking, oh, is this a punchline here? Yeah. There, was no, there was no punchline. <laughs> All confused. But it was something, like, before you went up to Edinburgh, you said, I'm going to get a tattoo. Yeah, um... Because they have the Edinburgh tattoo. My wife Did actually you get very drunk. Get, and, get confused. Yeah. Yeah, so I have to. How this works, and I need to get one. Where's done. the big band? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, last uh, podcast we got as far as you leaving XFM for five years. Yep. So you were poached by. Uh, well, then it was Virgin Radio. They'd offered, uh, like I said, when I first started, within six months of being on XFM, they offered me a show when Chris Evans got fired. And over the years, they'd offered me various shows. Uh, well, the Breakfast Show, but I kept saying no because I was having too much fun on XFM. Yeah. Um, and then after five years, we just had a, we just had the perfect year. Uh, we won like three Sony Awards, which has been uh, unheard of. Yeah, my fan. show, and which has never been done since, and probably won't ever. And that's when I thought, this is it now. I should go. I've done five years here. I'm starting to repeat myself. I, I was worried about, and so it felt like a new challenge. Could I still? Get as much freedom as I can. It would be different on a national station, but I was because yeah, was that were you there when they did the big change where Capital bought XFM? Uh, that was before my time, right? When I got there, Capital already owned it, right? Because they they kind of dragged it slightly out of the indie kind of sphere, didn't they? Yes, they did a bit. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then you just went to Virgin. Yep, and that was like eight years ago, and I've been there eight years. It's changed owners like four or five times. And uh, is that a worry each time? Uh, as long as the show's doing well, I've kind of. If uh, if the people aren't, if the listenership isn't doing well, uh, then um, yeah. But luckily, it is. And so, I do you, how often do you check the uh, ratings? Then? Well, ratings come out every three months, so I have to. It's it's you know, I get a phone call from my boss and he say whether it's gone up or down, and break it down every half an hour. Then they, they compare it year on year on how it was three months ago. And how has it been going in that sense? Well, luckily, touch wood, I've just had the last two, and so it comes out every three months, have been the highest in eight years since I've really? ever been there. So that means it's taken me eight years to work out how to do that show. But, like, cause it, like is, it, is it kind of national now? Cause it, yeah, it's always been national. Because yeah, it was so hard to get, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was medium wave outside yeah. London. Now with digital radio, it's on, you know, you've got apps and you've got digital radios in people's homes and in, the, in some new cars as well. New cars, what are they? Well, you know, coming off the production line, some of them are stand now, have a digital radio. Like years ago, they had CD players, and that was quite like, wow. Look at this in the car. It's got a cassette player. <laughs> well, you got a Talbot Horizon or something. It's, it's BMW, but it's very, very old. It's never let me down. Have you got one of those old big Beamers, then? I well, can see you cruising around in one of them. It's not a big one, it's just normal, but, like, yeah. obviously, it's, like, because I've got two dogs, it's like a bomb yeah. inside it. And stinks of wet dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't give Serial people, killer's car. I can't give people lifts. <laughs> you can't pick up chicks in that. No. Get in the back, the front seat's got a dog mark <laughs> on it. But, so, but you were saying that you got, um, you felt you'd done everything you can after five years at XFM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're here uh, for eight years. Are you not thinking... No, to... no. I, I, I constantly try and work out new things we can do and new ideas, and I'm obsessed with coming up with new ideas and new things to try and do. So you'll stay there for... The I've got another two years. Um, what's, what's uh, I guess, invigorated the radio show for me in the last two years is going back to stand-up. It's made well, my... we're going to talk about that. Well, what if I want to talk about it now? You, you're who, not in charge of this. Right, OK, fine. You're so used to having your own show, just telling people what to do. But I want to get to the end of the... We're nearly at the end of the radio stuff. Oh, I'm fed up with talking about it. But have you won loads of Sonys for this show as well? Yes. How many Sonys have you got? Eleven. That's amazing. I, I work I work hard at what I do. But do you, though? Because I, I get the impression that you're such a natural broadcaster. That no, you still have to put go. some... There is some 
assembly work that does go in. But on sometimes on a great show, we'll go, let's not worry about doing that in the next hour. This is going so well. Why don't you try and get that kid back on or whatever happened and let's try and let's try and do that. Make him, what kid are you talking about? Uh, Henry, a funny kid that called oh, you right, yesterday. As long as yeah. you give the yeah. name. Sorry, <laughs> right? So, so you, you're still like you know enjoying that? It's not yeah. like where it's a, a job. But some days, it, of course, it feels like a job. Uh, you, you do anything you do five days a week. It's going to have some days. We have good days, bad days, um, uh, and it's a it's a four hour live show. So some things go well, some things don't. But like, I, I just know like um, it's a bit like when you're doing a long show, stand up show, the Innsville. You know, you've been up, and then yeah. during the interval, even though it's only uh, yep. twenty minutes, you come crashing down very quickly, bit. don't you? Do you find it's that adrenaline. on the radio, like? Yeah, say so, um, the first hour of the show is uh, there's a different energy level in my performance because there has to be. Uh, I've, well, not just because I've just woken up, but just because of how people are that time of morning. Some of them are getting up, some of them are coming home from shift works and stuff like that. That's one of my favourite parts of the show. Is that first hour? You get loads of nutters that call in and up to all kinds of amazing stuff. I had these police on last week. They want a stakeout. Chatting to me about <laughs> <laughs> that, so unprofessional. It was brilliant. And a stake out they were, and they were calling me. We were being here for hours. They were just so bored. Would they give you any details? No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, we're in search. No, <laughs> that's my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're at your house, Christian. And is your and so is your wife? Like you mentioned in the first one, she was a lawyer. Oh, she gave up um, years ago. Uh, as soon as we as soon as we left London, she gave it up. And so she is she working or is she like just a housewife? No, she's a uh, just a housewife. No, I, I said unbelievable. No, I didn't say it like that. I'm calling the Huff and, Huffington Post. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know like they big thing to go to. Uh, yeah, Huff Po when they get all over this. Oh God! I'm, I'm, Hashtag I'm housewife gate. You are. Uh, this is it for you. No more broadcasting no. for me. No. <laughs> How could you make such a mistake? She's no. uh yeah, she um she's a working mum, you know, bringing up two kids and doing all that stuff is full time. So she works. Well, being a mum is a job. See, now that sounds bad. It's it's a kind of vocation. It's a it's a thing of it's love. Both. It's not a job. It's both. It is a job at times. It is for me sometimes looking after the kids. But if she's like trained as a lawyer, surely all she hated it. Yeah, but I'm just thinking about... Oh, like, I pitched. <laughs> but the fact that, like, you know, obviously, you know, everyone knows, and I'm not even being PC about it, but obviously looking after kids and, and the house yeah, is Yeah, it's a drudgery to it as well, But yeah. you're not using much brain power. Oh, you are. No, but I'm coming from the fact that she was a to lawyer. To raise kids and two little girls the right way, absolutely. But surely they're in school most of the day. No, 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 you got to do it. It's, are you homeschooling? more important that... Yeah, we are, yeah. <laughs> they're just outside reception right now. <laughs> With a book. <laughs> I'm, I'm just feeling for her because I just know like that happens to a lot of people. Especially when she the kids will at up. some point go back to she, you know, um, d- uh, when the kids are older. If she wants to, that's up to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm just showing a little concern for your lovely wife. Well, it's patronising. She doesn't no. want your concern, and she's actually really annoyed about. It. I can feel it already. <laughs> You're that close. Yeah, yeah very good. we're going to sense it. Did she get a matching tattoo? She did get a tattoo. Um, she has got a tattoo in the last three months as well. Very similar. No. All right, so. Both of you are going through a bit of a crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, what age are your kids now then? Seven and ten. I've got two daughters. Right. Yeah. And that's it anymore? No. No, two is, a, is enough. Have you had the snip? Nope. She tried to, and I lied to her saying that I just read some big research papers that really drastically affects your testosterone. I won't be the same person. She was like, oh, right, I didn't have any idea. You shouldn't do it then. <laughs> <laughs> and you just made that up? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good enough. Yeah. 
But uh, so right, so then stand up. So it's obviously always been at the back of your mind. Oh, constantly, and even whenever I t- speak to you, and I'd always, you know, be thinking, oh yeah, it, it really annoyed me that I hadn't uh, gone back to it through fear. And then, and also, two things happen. One. Uh, when you become a parent, you find yourself, you spend a lot of time being a, a hypocrite, saying one thing, mean another. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't ever judge people when you do it all the time. Yeah. Look at that idiot just walking down the street. You know, you just hate them the way they're walking. Or, they think they are. Tattoo at 41. And I but, just, just, but is that thing, I find the world very annoying. Even yesterday, I was meeting a friend for coffee. But that's why you're a great comic. You have to have anger. Otherwise, I don't but, think you can be a comic. So the woman behind the counter goes, takeaway? I went, no. Are you having it here? And I said, what's the other option? Yeah, but that's just uh, deliberately obstructive. Yeah, but like... Wh- Why can't you just give her a break? I did. I said, have a break. <laughs> I've done a joke. <laughs> but it's... Uh, no, but so, yeah, so, like, having the kids. Is, is that kind of is that kind of what made you get back into comedy? Because you were seeing... No, I kept saying to them about overcoming fear and uh, realising that you can still go through fear and experience it and hold it and, uh, and still go and do something. This is your bedtime stories. Right? Yeah, they can be quite deep, you know. <laughs> the kids are asleep, but I still know they can pick it up on some beta level. You're just going down before you. I like a... like a fire in their room, and I'm daubing on the wall. Before you have a lovely uh, dream, uh, fear, conquer your fear. No, children. last night's one was about existentialism. <laughs> you did it from the other room. Yes, I did. <laughs> Through a megaphone. <laughs> but it... No, I did realise start. I started, when I'm I'm being a hypocrite here, and then I was. I was about a year away from hitting 40, and I thought, if I don't go back and give it a go now, it's never going to happen. But that's not nice. See, that's the weird thing, of, like, you chastised me about saying young people should be doing radio. But weirdly, until the likes of me and a few uh, other young bucks started doing comedy, comedy was an old man's game. Absolutely. Yes, it was. Yeah, it's strange. It's the perfect age. Like, you've got lots of life I felt I've got, yeah, but, um, so I started to do some little five-minute sort of dropping spots at New Material Nights. And it was like 50% funny and then 50% not. And I realised if there was a Venn diagram between stand-up and doing what I do on the radio, there is some crossover. Yeah. But then you realise a funny story on the radio might be funny on stage if you get it down to, say, from the three minutes on the radio to maybe 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And I was oh, everything needs to be reduced on stage, but tightened up. Did you like doing the five-minute sets? Because like, I just feel you, you're just doing a couple of ideas. You're not really getting At the thing. time, it felt like I was doing five hours. It was right. so intimidating. And I remember three and a half years ago, and I went to do my first, that comedy club at that, uh, the Fighting Cocks in Kingston, that new material night yeah. there. It's a proper spit and sawdust pub. I walked in. from the name. I walked in, walked straight back out, rang my wife, went, I can't do it. And she really? went, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock you out. I don't care if you go and die on stage, but you can't come back. And if you don't go up there, you need to get back in there and you need to go and do it. She I said, I'll be fine that. with it, but you won't. I, you have to go back in. So I started arguing. Fine, fine. And I went back and did it. And then I rang her and I was, was tearful. Was it just nerves, though? Yes, I was terrified. Just terrified. To be shaking and stuff. It was not just shaking. I just thought, what if this doesn't work? I didn't know if it worked on stage. And then I'd have to walk past them all, and they'll be judging me, thinking, what an arrogant idiot. He sits there on his throne in the morning and thinks he can just walk onto a comedy club now. You know, and all these young kids in their, you know, in their skinny jeans doing comedy now have got it all worked out. They're just so advanced. They're like black belt, and suddenly I'm a white belt at something. And, yeah. and your ego takes a bit of a kick. You have to really... It's a brave thing to do. It's humbling. And so, and then, like, you start doing... Because also, like... Bearing in mind the hours, because like comedy is at oh, night time, so you must be fairly tired doing them as well. When, when I then start to then think, I need to go and do Edinburgh, um, 
building a, an hour and testing it out and, and doing all that was that almost broke me seriously it was so exhausting because you know it's like it's all in the evening yeah. and i'm getting up at four i'm getting less sleep than yeah. normal because um, also even the adrenaline after a show oh we don't want to go to bed yeah um did, did was the radio show affected when you started doing that no because weirdly um my boss was like god your delivery is so much quicker now you're so much funnier because I was really having to work it, and I knew what delivery was now, and right. like how, how it can be a lot quicker. So it's changed your radio presenting. Yeah, yeah. So now with the first show, that was uh, two years ago in Edinburgh. Yes. And so that was like various things you wanted to do before you were forty. It was about this list I made when I was thirteen. Um, uh, that a teacher, uh, uh, we had a supply teacher one day, and it was her birthday. She was forty, and we were like, we were thirteen. We we're like, well, what, what was the war like? Sort of taking the mic out of her. Because <laughs> it was very funny then. And she said... But she had just you... come back from Afghanistan. Yes, she had, yes. Uh, she said, why don't you make a... You'll be 40 before you know it, class. It will come around so quickly. Why don't you make a list now of anything you want to do in your life before you hit 40? Which is a great thing to do. Yeah. So I made this list, and sadly, one of them was to have my own radio show. Um, why to... is that sadly? Well, you know, you should have a higher ambition at 13. That's a, look, that's a great thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I grew up listening to Steve right in the afternoon. And I thought if I could do something like that, that'd be it. You know, I'd have made it in life. I'd have won life. And then there were some other things like fight Darth Vader. I was really into martial arts. And I thought I could beat him in a fight. I generally thought I wouldn't have got my hand chopped off like Luke. I would probably win. So you were quite a naive thirteen-year-old. Yes, right. I thought I could be Steve Wright and <laughs> beat Darth Vader. Very... <laughs> um, and then my parents got divorced two years ago. Um, they were clearing Seriously? out. Like, yeah. So what, if you don't mind me asking, what age were they when they got divorced? Well, uh, I was about to say older than me. <laughs> they went back in time. Um, in the 60s. God, that's amazing. Yeah, you tell me it, about that it. That doesn't happen, though, tell, does it? They've got new partners, and it's... it's. Oh, my word. It's all in the, it's in the current show, just talking about it. It is really weird. A really weird. Because you think of that age... You know, yeah. you've been together like 40-odd years. I know. Well, you just snap one day. That's it! <laughs> I hate the way you eat apples. I've got a free boss pass. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. <laughs> He's, the kids are old enough to take it now. God. That, yeah. And that, did that affect you emotionally? It must have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, yes and no, to be really honest. Yeah, it was... It, was, um, it, it needed to happen, you know. Yeah. And I was kind of instrumental in saying to, to my dad, it's, it's clearly over between you and, and, and mum, and uh, I think you're worried that we would judge you as, you know, as your sons and that. I said, it's it's OK. I'm big enough to take it. So you caused it's it? Very, I, oh, oh, that's awful. <laughs> I generally... Oh, that's like a punch in the heart. <laughs> your dad went, this clearly well, is a miracle thing. This is, this is like about. Piers Morgan's life stories. <laughs> <laughs> like, hopefully, you, like, if you got that wrong, he's going, what? What are you talking about? We love each other. Are you high right now, son? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite a mature thing to do, though. Well, yeah, I didn't have any choice. I felt like it needed the same because it was so... Anyway, I don't, I, it's... it's, it's um, so but it, at least now your kids have got so many grandparents. But, it, yeah, they have. Yeah, but then, yeah, they've got, then they got like, why is, aren't they married anymore? <laughs> <laughs> is that the hypocrisy comes in then? No, I mean, no, just say some people, you know, they love each other, but they're better apart. Yeah. Um, Everybody. No. Um, so, where was I? Uh, your list. Right, this. So, it was about... I, uh, when, I, when I found the list, when my parents were getting divorced and they were throwing out a load of stuff, I found the list. And so I thought, I know what I'll do. It was about 10, 11 weeks before I hit 40. The things that I haven't yet done, I'm going to try and do. And you did this initially for the radio show? Yeah, and then Frank Skinner heard it, and he rang me and said, that's your Edinburgh show. You should tell the story of this list and what you're trying to do. 
I was like, oh, right, because that's a set list, that list now. Just just do do the show about that. And so that's what I did. Um, and so, you know, I did I did persuade Dave Prowse, who is Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, and the Green Cross Mars. Yeah, but let's go big on Darth Vader. Okay. But he is 73 now. He's had a double hit transplant. And, there's and a you him. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no shame about that short. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what the first show was about. It, it was, it was that. And, and you, like, you rightly as well. You went to a very small room in Edinburgh. You weren't going. Hey, I'm it, 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 from the it, yeah, I, it was a hundred and twelve seat. It felt huge to me mm. because I didn't know whether anybody would come because Edinburgh is the world's biggest comedy festival and the best comics are there. And that's your full time job. I, 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 I wanted to do it, but I was very scared whether or not anyone would come and see it because there's so many better shows to go and see and for someone to give you an hour, some DJs having a midlife crisis is, is a big ask. I, I, I knew that. But you got the numbers in though, didn't you? Uh, yes, though, this year... Um, so we'll, we'll get on to that though. So, but you loved the experience of doing the full hour. First couple of shows, I really thought this was a mistake. I've come too soon or I should never have come back to this unforgiven cruel city. I didn't know the, the show, Sean, so what, um, I wasn't... In the moment, in the room, I was too much in my head thinking, "What's sure. the next bit? What's the next bit?" Yeah. Um, but see, this is this is my it's a learning again. experience. But that's what, Edmund, why it's a month long is yeah. so people like yourself start feeling that way the first couple of days. And then you've got the month. I hadn't done enough previews um, to know it where I could just do it automatically and kind of forget it, and then chat with the audience, which I love doing, and then pick it back up and, and do it that way. It was very me almost doing a speech to them, and then after about a week, I relaxed. Like, I know it now. And there was a lot, I was a lot better. The show got better. But I was still terrified to chat to anyone in the audience. I didn't hardly do that at all. Which is odd, considering... I know. And then I remember it, it was actually when you and I, about a couple of months later, were sort of going over uh, Edinburgh and just chatting. And you said you should build room in the next show for that. And so I, I did. And it made the show a, a, so much better. So what was this year's show about then? This year's show was about being a dad and how much has changed and how it was different for our dads and how the new generation of dads... Um, how it's uh, how it's different in good and bad ways, and that's what the whole show is about. Yeah, yeah? it's called Breaking Dad, uh, but it's also about growing up. It isn't just me going? Yeah. <laughs> kids say the funniest things because people who wants to. I don't want to talk about my being a dad for fifty five minutes, but I mean, just like my, my parents splitting up and how that has affected me and how how my relationship with my dad's changed because of that, um, and just how my dad. Um, seemed to be quite all right when he got home from work with just going for a bath straight away, not talking to us for about an hour. And that was fine. You know, it was, it, was, it was a very long bath. Um, whereas now, the moment I get in the door, the moment I get in the door, they're on top of me. You need to do this, or I've got this homework you need to do. Yeah. I've got tasks. It's like a work for them, basically. And it's, it's changed so much parenting over the years. And what massively. Is, and also, in any relationship, it's, it's the experiences... It's the same. You are parents. You're like running uh, a little company together as, as partners. But then other times, like I know that if I died, my kids would be upset, but they'd be okay. If, if my wife died, it would be a, a, a lot harder. It's they, they instinctively know, like you're kind of important, but she's this again. She's the boss. Bed- it, it does get deep. Yeah. The bedtime stories. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, Sean, it's now, like If mum dies, I'll be here for you. We, we're, we're, we're screwed, kids. <laughs> so whatever happens, protect the president. I'm like the vice president, and they right. know that. Like, let's, God, let's hope he doesn't get the codes to the nuclear button. 
And so, but so, so the thing of uh, so you, you're about to tour the show. I'm about to tour the show. Also, what's what's different? So I've got two girls, and so suddenly um, our eldest daughter, we had to have the chat with about the facts of life, and I found that really hard because she's she quite, still quite nine. Young, the rest yeah. of her class already know. They know really, really young nine. now. Yeah, I, we had a genuinely big arguing about it, and I kept trying to say no. She's too young. She's, and my wife was like, the rest of her class know about it. Um, we have to tell her. And so... Well, to be fair, in school, they still don't really tell you the The onus is on us. And then how did you find out? Who told you? Like, like it's hearsay, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the crazy. Band, they yeah. rang me they, up. The Noel came round, did Yeah, Noel yeah. came round. Yes. He's at a loose end now. Put that in the show. That's a good luck. <laughs> but, um, but it is. You just kind of... It's like, bizarre. tells you anything. No, they don't. You kind of pick it up. All they do, but Dad... And if you're a boy, traditionally it works, your dad tells you badly. Like, by the time my dad got into telling me, I'd... You know, I'd already be... Uh, I'd aggressively been enjoying puberty. His timing was way off. Is that, I was washing my own bed sheets. Pu- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, masturbation. Yeah. That's, a, that's the nicest way I've ever heard it being yes. taught. Aggressively but, enjoying uh, it. Yeah, no, because I didn't, like... And I talk about it in the show, like, nocturnal emissions. Nobody bothered to tell me about that, so I thought no. I, was, I was a bedwetter. Yeah, I thought I was a bedwetter. Or I thought I thought I had something wrong with my penis. And my mum was a we nurse. We all think that. Yeah, and I eventually said to my mum, it's going off during the night. <laughs> She started laughing. He went, you, you, I'll, I'll get your dad what to talk to you about. Then? I was about 15. I was thinking, yeah. there's something actually wrong with me. Is it cancer? <laughs> and luckily, Google wasn't around then. I know. So uh, I, and I remember going to my local library, having a look on the microfiche, to get some medical journals to try and read up on it. But there was nothing about pieces going off in the middle of the night. So I had to say to my mum, there's something wrong with me. It's, it's, it's going off. I, I actually thought, there must be something really wrong with me where it's... It's actually working in the middle of the night while I'm asleep. <laughs> it's become self-aware. And so then she said, just talk to your dad. No, she went, I will get your dad to tell you about wet dreams. Like, wet dreams? What are those? And um, so then your dad told you? Never had the chat. Never. <laughs> never I'm still waiting for him one day to go, listen, you're 41, you've got your tattoo now. I'm yeah. ready to talk to you I, about yeah, wet dreams. Old enough now. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's, it is. But honestly, so have you told the nine-year-old then about the facts of life? Um, well, I prefer to call her Ruby. You know, rather than saying the night round joking. Well, it's a big part of the show how um, we argue about it. And then my wife said, actually, I've spoken to Ruby and we are going to tell her she doesn't want you in the house during the chat. So I literally had to leave the house and then come back. And it changed. Uh, from that moment, everything had changed. But had you discussed the birth is, you and your wife, how you were going to tell Ruby? Yeah, we bought this book called Where Babies Come From. And you go through the book together with them. But Ruby didn't want me in on the chat. Girls don't want yeah, their no. dad there. I mean, what do I say? For a lot of it, I'm... And then your dad got, like, three thrusts in. And, you yeah. know, my, my part is quite redundant. And then he did nothing for nine months and was there but at the end. Did she look at you kind of slightly different after she found out? When I came back, Sean, and this is in the show, right, she actually said to me, I, I went into her bedroom. I hate you. And I went up to her and said, hey, you know, I know you've had the chat. And she was like, Mum told me what you did. It's disgusting. <laughs> Like, oh. what I did? You didn't tell me she was an Irish Catholic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, uh, what did you say to that? Then? I said, what did, so, well, if we hadn't done that, there'd be no you or your sister. And she was like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Can you leave? <laughs> what, what did Sarah say to her? That's brilliant. Your dad attacked me one night <laughs> and we never talk about it. Twice. <laughs> but, but it is that thing, because like, obviously you said you want to do the radio, uh, keep on doing it. But um, so is stand-up always going to be kind of a slight hobby, or am I being um, wrong about that? Is it something like because like you're getting you're going in deep now, your second show, you're going to do Edinburgh next year as well. Yes. Do you know what that's about? Yes. What? 
Breakfast Radio about doing what I what 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 that is because people think it's one thing when the reality of doing a breakfast show that is completely different and the, the the weird stuff that goes on with it the you know the weird emails you get every day and just changing that lifestyle and the, and the flip side of what it does to your private life as well it's not even going to be moaning about it because I love doing it but I think it's quite funny putting people like you were fascinated by it. Whenever I meet someone, they always want to know how to do well, what time do you get up? And mm. they think it's some uh, superhero skill you've got just to get up slightly earlier than everybody else. Well, as I said, like, you know, I, I always bring it up in all my shows, but when you hit your 40s, you wake up early anyway. <laughs> you do, don't you? Yeah. What's that about? I think that carries on. Like, my I dad know. gets up before I do. I know. It's, <laughs> it's Like, it's just, it's the bear of my life. I just... It is. Why, why, are we, why do you start getting up earlier? I just think. You think you, as you get older, you should be able to enjoy a nice lying. I, I really kind of I hate when people say, "Oh yeah," it's especially comics. They all get up around eleven or something. And kind no, of, I've never been able to do that. Never ever been able to do that. I'm not an early morning person. But right weekends then, when you're not working, we argue about who has the lie. Because my wife's tired. She's been getting up and doing a school run, right. and we have a constant battle about who's more tired. So you kind of we start worried. adding out. Go well. Sarah would always go to me. Well, you slept for like half an hour the other day on the train home. I went. That's on a train. Yeah. It's not an actual proper sleep. Sometimes I do. I doze every day when I go home on the train. I fall asleep. So I'm shattered. What happens now is people start taking uh, t- t- taking photos of it and putting it up Jeez, online. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to catch some Z's. And are you a horrible sleeper? Are you a snorer? Do you not know, snore, but I will. You know, I look drunk. I will fall forward, and I'm tired. <laughs> no, are you, are I'm like you a the, zombie. Are you the last stop on the? Uh, yes. Oh. That's lucky. Yeah, it is. Yeah, otherwise I would be bankrupt by now, constantly yeah. paying to get taxis to take me back home. So is it pretty much the, someone waking it's up a, going, end of the line? Yeah, it's a 45-minute journey, so the moment I get out of water today, I'm starting to go to sleep. I, the amount of times I'm dropping my iPad or my phone and... But look, you're also like, you know, you've done various, you, you tried to get into television as well, haven't you? Yeah, and I found that, to be really honest, I found that really frustrating. It was good fun for a short period, and then TV kills spontaneity. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And either you're lucky enough to try and work out, ha- create a show that still gives you some kind of control, and I didn't, um, when I first started doing TV, about 10 years ago now, didn't have that. Um and so I have got one or two ideas which I'd really like to do. Um, But at the moment, I'm more excited. To be honest, like the thought I'm doing this 20-day tour next year, right, and uh, there'd be a little like 80 to 100 seat rooms. Have you got a website that people can... um... Uh, Yeah, the the, the dates all aren't confirming. They will be in the next week or two. I'm more excited genuinely about doing that tour than I would be if I was doing a TV show next year. I'm way more excited. But do, do you spend a lot of, like... Wasted hours. I'm not, you know, because of the TV industry of going to meetings. Yeah, and I've cut back, Sean, because there's no point. Yeah, because and I, I will. The last big meeting I have, they went. This idea is brilliant. Do you know Peter Kay? I went. Well, I've interviewed him like once. They went. Do you think he'd want to do it with you? I'm like, right. Um, I'm done. <laughs> I know. That that's and that's a meeting going well. Yeah. Well, you know. So I know. they were saying, unless you can get Peter Kay, this is dead. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, but listen, Christian. Thank you so much for coming. That's in. right. And it's nice to talk to you. You are like you know. I, I, good luck with all the standard. Thank you. Cheers, um, man. I mean, but I mean, do you think there'd be anything that you would do full time or no? I'm trying not to sort of put too much expectation on it because then you're just trying to get let down. Like I'm not here by now, or I should be doing this by now, and so. I'm just going to do the tour next year. I want to. Uh, I'd like to try and make next year's Edinburgh show better than this year, yeah, and then I'll just well. try and keep it focused there rather than getting ahead of myself. Because then I just think 
I start to put too much, like, oh, if I don't do this, then... You start to look around too much then, or I do, and start thinking, oh, well, they're so much better than me, I should just give up. Yeah, just do your own thing, man. Yeah, that's what I'm going to try and do anyway. Listen, thank you very much, Christian Carl. Um, this has been uh, Under the Radar with uh, me, Sean Hughes. Thanks for listening. Uh, go to see live comedy, as I always say.